Hey everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today we have Charles Nguyen, the facilitator, and he flew in from Houston to talk about how he quit his comfy corporate job and did wholesale on the side until he was able to go full time. If this is your first time tuning in, I am Steve Trang, broker and owner of Stunning Homes Realty, founder of the OfferFast Homes app, the only MLS for off-market wholesale properties, which will be launching in Texas in just a couple of weeks in Houston. Uh, and I'm on a mission to create 100 millionaires, so let's connect on Instagram, steve.trang, if, you, if you're interested in joining the mission. Uh, if you're excited for today's show, please give me a wave, uh, give me a thumbs up. And as a friendly reminder, I don't charge a dime for this show. I don't make any money doing this. So here's all I ask. This is what it costs for you guys to listen to this show. Uh, I am trying to get some really stupid big names on the show. And I've been told by a consultant I need to get 500 five-star reviews in iTunes in order to make that happen. So please do me a favor. It, when you can, go to iTunes, subscribe, give a five-star review so I can help get some even bigger names on the show. Um, and if you could write a review, what you like on the show, that's even better. And this is a live show, so please post your questions for Charles to answer. You ready? Yep, let's drop some value. All right, that sounds good. So first question is, what got you into real estate? So what got me into real estate? It's time. Uh, that's, to me, the most valuable commodity that we have. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, you use it up, you're never gonna get it back. Yeah. So uh, I've, I'm probably a very stereotypical um, person in the sense that uh, I'm a, was a corporate guy all my life, mm -hmm. and uh, I worked. I legitimately worked probably the 900 hours a week in investment banking. So um, I just needed to do something where I could spend more time with the family, and yeah. that's kind of what drove me to start looking at other other avenues to, uh, you know, do something besides sit in front of the computer all day. And so grew up. Parents told you had to go to college, yeah. all right, get a degree, yes, and get a good job, yes. And you did all those things, yes. And you were loving it, yes, until until yeah. So I mean, I probably I grew up the stereotypical Asian. Mm -hmm. So if you haven't figured out by my last name or kind of my skin tone, then I'm Asian, <laughs> and I grew up exactly like you said. Good grades, right? Mm -hmm. uh, probably I'm guessing similar to you. If if I came home with a hundred, uh, my dad would probably say. Um, well, what's wrong? They didn't give extra points? <laughs> no extra credit? <laughs> no extra credit, yeah. So then I started, um, you know, long story short, but uh, getting back to uh, the corporate world, yeah, I was working a whole lot, and then I was like, well, uh, I'm spending a lot of time, uh, you know, I enjoy doing it, but I also spend a lot of time building someone else's business, uh, whereas, you know, I know, you know, I look back now, and for sure, I was neglecting kind of my family, you know, I had a wife, uh, I also have two kids now, so it's, you know, doing things that were taking me away from all of them. And, you know. So how many kids did you have when you made the conscious decision? Uh, I had two kids. Okay. Yeah, so I had so, both of them. So you're working how many hours a week? I was probably, at that time, probably between 80 to 90 hours a week. Really? Yeah, like, yeah. What no. kind of job is this? Uh, so I was a... I was a director of IT at a major investment bank. So okay. I pretty much looked after the trading floor for commodities. So my my job- That's not just all the time, that's really stressful. Yes, very stressful. You know, yeah. every, everybody's, right? We, we literally see billions of dollars floating across our screen all day. Yeah. And it's like, hey, uh, you know, somebody walk up, hey, you just cost me $10 million. <laughs> so that's what we dealt with all day. Yeah. And, so a lot of people have a hard time quitting, you know, a good job, right? They're making good money and they have a hard time to quit. So just to put in the perspective, 
Like when you made the decision, like this is not for me, I'm gonna go do something different. How much were you making? So I was well over six figures, mm -hmm. probably multiple six figures. So it really? was, yeah, so it's, uh, I made good money. Yeah. And you know, and I was, you know, I'm most people in Houston who know me and know my personality and profile know I'm a really humble guy. Mm -hmm. Like I really don't, you know, coming on here is kind of even, <laughs> you know, outside of my comfort zone yeah. because I'm not really used to talking about myself, mm -hmm. much less good things. Yeah. yeah that just not my personality but um, multiple six figures yeah and this is not for me yes right okay so then so then you decide real estate yes and then did you immediately go into wholesale or you're just like i want to buy some rental properties like what was that journey like yeah so that so the first thing was i did look at other things i looked at franchises i looked at opening other businesses um and then actually someone who worked for me mm -hmm. he he actually gave me some advice, right? He's, he's from India, mm -hmm. um, in Asia. And so what he said was, uh, his ancestors would tell him, uh, you can't go wrong with buying dirt, mm -hmm. which is basically his way of saying, go look at real estate. Right. So then I looked at it and I was like, it makes perfect sense, right? Because, and right, coming from a investment banking, banking um, arena, it's like, okay, I can't buy stocks at a discount. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I can leverage a little bit, Mm -hmm. with margins, but you can't really leverage right. like you can with real estate. No. Um, and with the tax implications and, you know, just appreciation is like real estate made perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, did I start off wanting to be a wholesaler? No way. I actually, it was probably the last thing I would think I mm -hmm. wanted to do because I always wanted to buy and hold real estate. Right. In reality, I first started off with saying, I'm going to go buy apartments mm -hmm. right? because that was all the rage. And it was just like, for, for what? What year was this? It was probably 2013. Okay. So I was... Because it's still a rage. Yes. It's been a rage it, for like six years. Yes. It's it's a big rage. Yeah. So I... And I went and went through lots of training about apartments. Mm -hmm. uh, but what kind of stopped me a little bit from going forward with apartments is because it just would take a long time mm -hmm. to get a deal. So yeah. if, for me, it's like, okay, if it's going to take me a year to go get a deal, then that kind of doesn't fit my personality in terms of, you know, I come from investment banking, so I'm a bit aggressive when it comes to, yeah? you know. Oh, I can't picture you being aggressive. It's almost in corporate world, I'm almost a different person than I am <laughs> outside of, outside of, outside of the corporate world, I'm just a completely different person. I'm mellow, laid back, right. but when it gets to like, go and get stuff done, then it's like. Interesting. Um, um, so I got to talk to you, like the people that work for you, see how Charles is, the yes. real Charles is. Yes. So it's funny you mentioned franchising, right? Because um, I mentioned something I mentioned before was Robert Allen's multiple streams of income. And one thing he talks about there is MLM, which I think is good for a lot of people that are getting started to any kind of industry. Uh, but, uh, um, but he also talked about franchises. And so I had that when I was at Intel. I was like, this is boring, I can't do this. I was playing poker, right, to make extra money, just for <laughs> variety. Uh, but he talks about franchising. And so I was looking at the franchises and they all were terrible. Like, you had to have, uh, like basically everything that was any good was Molly made. Because if you wanted to just do a, a Jamba Juice, you had to have like a proven record of 75 successful franchises and 300,000 in the bank. <laughs> So there weren't really a lot of good franchise options. So it was interesting that you went through that same journey. Oh yeah, as well. I looked at it. I looked at uh, the big ones. I started looking at was Subways because everybody has a Everyone's Subway. Got a Subway. And then uh, I even looked at Chick Fil A. Mm -hmm. Chick Fil A was, but their model is just completely different. 
it's, it's not like, really franchising. Yeah, yeah, it's it's you're kind of paying to manage a store for them. It's like running Seven Eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I was like, nah, let me just go look at real estate. Okay, so then at what point did you say, all right, apartments is not it? So wholesale, like, did you decide then to buy like houses, or, or did you decide wholesale? Like, how did that come about? Yeah. So what I decided to do, I I still wanted to go do lots of buy buy and holds because when I really look at it, I was just like, I I wanted to do things where I didn't have to spend a whole lot of time. Mm-hmm. And almost when I looked at it, I was like, well, wholesaling, uh, you know, I just it just didn't kind of fit with me and almost because I didn't know enough about it back mm-hmm. then. Um, so then what I started doing was just starting to market and learning how to market and then start building systems because I'm, I'm an IT background. So mm-hmm. I build systems and processes. And then it slowly just evolved into, well, I have a wholesaling business, whatever I want to call it. Mm-hmm. If I'm generating leads and going, you know, go and get houses under contract, whether I, I sell it to myself or someone else, then yeah. effectively I've got a wholesaling business. Right. So it became where I built an engine and it's like, well, I can't stop the engine. It just mm-hmm. has to keep on going. <laughs> so what's interesting is you were wholesaling on the side, yep. but you hired a virtual assistant before you quit. Yes. Like the traditional avenue is you do it wholesale, you got a couple of deals. All right, peace out. I'm quitting this job. I'm going to start my own thing. And then as you ramp up some more, then you hire the assistant. And probably a physical assistant, not even a virtual assistant. Yeah. What happened here? Okay. So for me, it was in the beginning. Uh, and I'll probably say I made every mistake that every <laughs> investor, we, we talk about every investor, new investor mm-hmm. makes, I probably made every single one. Um, you know, the biggest one for me was I, d- I was doing everything myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. I mean, it was pretty, I mean, it was fun because it was new and my, my personality type, I want to go learn. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go try and do everything. Yeah. And also the thing I'm learning even more recently about myself, uh, given all the personal, the profiling that I'm looking at and, and reading about is my personality is right. I, it's hard for me to delegate. Extremely really? hard for me to delegate. Really? Yes. My natural tendency would be um, I'm going to try and do everything myself mm-hmm. because it's almost the almost the expert mentality. Mm-hmm. I can do it better than if I hand it off. Which uh, is the opposite because you, you and I were talking about predictive index. Yes. And you had me take it. Yes. And I said the one thing I love to do yes. <laughs> is delegate. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, because yeah, I think our personalities are very similar. Yeah. The the kind of the difference, um, the big differences I see is you're much better at delegating than I am. Lazier, much lazier. Yeah, or, or smarter. And uh, <laughs> also, uh, I think in risk taking, mm-hmm. I'm kind of a by the book, kind of risk mm-hmm. averse type of person, whereas you might be a little bit more. <laughs> is that why you hired the assistant before you quit your job? Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I also hired her because uh, she did 40 hours of work. A yeah. week while I was still at the corporate job. Wow! So it, it's it was you know, and I'll tell you what happened that made me hire is because for a long time every night, right? The kids go to bed at nine, mm-hmm. so you know that nine to two a.m. time frame. That's that's when I did real estate. So really, oh yeah, yeah, and the weekends. Um, so for about three days straight, every day the same thing happened. It's, you know, right around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I get, um, I, I get, I'm on the computer and I'm thinking, okay, what do I do now? Do I generate a marketing list? Do I 
submit an offer to somebody I talked to earlier in the day, mm -hmm. or do I respond to the title company about what they're asking for? Mm -hmm. And every day it was the same thing. I was like, by the third day, I was just like, I'm done. I'm just gonna hire somebody mm -hmm. to take care of all this stuff. So then pretty much the next day I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna go find a service to take care of, mm -hmm. to, to help me find somebody who's gonna do 40 hours of work, uh, 40 hours a week of mm -hmm. work for me. Yeah. And uh, so then I, I went through the hiring process and here's one thing I recommend. Um, for me, I went through a service and some people say go through Upwork and nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. For me, it all boiled down to time. It, yeah. The one thing I realized now that I probably didn't even know back then was that if I go with the service, they will take care of a lot of infrastructure things mm -hmm. with a virtual assistant that I, I wouldn't have thought of, yeah. like backup internet, backup power, making sure they show up on time, mm -hmm. and those types of things. And coaching. Health insurance. Yes, uh, the health card, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So so I, I, I definitely paid more than what normal people would pay, mm -hmm. but because I went through a service and they took care of all of that. And yeah. I didn't have to worry about it. I was like, nowadays I'm like, thank goodness. So is she still with you? Yes. Wow. Four years. Wow. Next month. Okay. As a matter of fact, she's probably not listening right now because mm. she's actually on the way to the U.S. Embassy oh. uh, to try and get her visa. Oh, she's, cool. She's got a flight to Houston next week. But oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I look forward to meeting her. Yeah. So, you know, if everything goes right at the side end. of the story might be a little different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, so then you hired this virtual assistant and now you're off and running. Well, I guess how many deals were you doing before you decided to hire virtual assistant so so let me let me walk back a little bit in terms of what I was doing um, I was doing a deal probably every couple months mm -hmm. um, because again I did everything I wouldn't say the wrong way but just when you're talking about when people make mistakes that's what I did mm -hmm. it's I get a deal I wouldn't do anything else but work on that one deal mm -hmm. and then the next thing you know it's like okay a couple months later it's like oh I need to go do another deal yeah All right and it's like oh, okay I gotta start marketing and then, all right, I wouldn't do another, you know, it mm -hmm. takes a little bit of lag time. Yeah. So I was probably doing, a, I can't remember at that time, it was probably a deal or two, a, a deal every couple months, mm -hmm. right? And then once she came on, then she was basically 40 hours a week yeah. doing, right, making calls. So how much were you making? Okay, so you, you hired her and she's helping you ramp up. So you ramp up to what after you hired her? So, okay. And then also the other quick thing mm -hmm. to mention as well is when I first started off, I didn't, I wasn't doing real, what I would call wholesaling. Mm -hmm. I was doing deals because I was really into creative financing. Mm -hmm. So like my first deal, I did a subject two and did the owner finance wrap on the back end. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I, I don't, I don't know if I recommend that to anyone on their very first deal, mm -hmm. but I also had, had mentors that helped me. Right. So. I, you know, so my deals were a little different back yeah. then, where they were all almost all creative, because that's that's just what I was kind of taught and grew up on. What was it? It's the reticular activator, right? Like you see whatever you know. Exactly. Yeah. So everything everything looked like a deal yeah. because it's how can I structure it mm -hmm. to be to be a deal? Right. Uh, no equity. Well, that's perfectly okay too. Yeah. We could just take it subject too. Okay. So now you hired her. And you, she ramps you up to what? So at so in two let's say 2016. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was probably doing like uh, and they were about three. It got up to about three to four mm -hmm. deals a month. 
Okay. And then also my business model got a little different in 2016 as mm-hmm. well because at, at that probably end of 2015, um, I had a particular deal where I was actually in Florida at a, at a seminar mm-hmm. and then I had a very hot internet lead come in. And you know they come in. They came in at three in the morning. Mm-hmm. So those are generally for me the yeah. hottest leads. You know, if they're up at three in the morning and reaching out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I talked to them for a couple minutes, and then I was like, okay, their price wasn't in my range. So then, but I said I'll shoot you an offer anyway. Mm-hmm. So then I shot them an offer, and then uh, I was like, here's my offer. And then they ended up calling me back a couple of hours later mm-hmm. and saying, hey, I you know. You're a little off, but it might be close enough. So then, so I'm in Florida, and I was like, okay, this is a deal. And I'm like, uh, how do I get it done from Florida? Mm-hmm. And I happened to be with one of my buddies, and he said, well, just call so-and-so and have him go out. I was like, okay, that's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So then I called him up and said, hey, do you mind going to take a look at this house for me and put it under contract? Mm-hmm. He said, absolutely. So he went out, locked it up, uh, and he actually put together a pretty good deal where the owner was going to carry and right so we did that and then afterwards when i got back he's like hey do you mind if i sell it and i'm like yeah go ahead (laughs) so then he ended up selling it Mm -hmm. and i never saw the house Mm -hmm. and i ended up like we actually closed and then sold it on mls Mm -hmm. i never i never talked to the seller i never talked to the uh any of the buyers or any of the agents Mm -hmm. and then i was like okay this is much better than going out to houses. Yeah. So then, so then I started shifting my model to say, hey, I don't really want to go to houses anymore. Mm-hmm. Let me go focus on what I do really well, which is go generate leads and put in systems and processes. Gotcha. So, because I'm trying to get some lessons, right, for the people that are listening right now that have jobs. Yep. So, like, what are the big takeaways? So for me, I, and I will tell you, the big takeaway is, um, don't be afraid to get help. Mm-hmm. So like like my very first deal, uh, I'll tell you, I went to to the house. I had no idea what to say to the seller, even though I kind of knew, but that was my first time really talking to a motivated mm-hmm. seller. But I had, at that time, my mentor with me, uh, Ray Sasser. He's OG from Houston. How did you find your mentor while you were working? Uh, so I went, to, I went to a ton of classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, there were some people who saw me at virtually every class that there was in Houston. So you're working 80 hours a week and when you're not working, you're going to do these things. Yes. Do your kids even know who you were? <laughs> they did not. No? No. Uh, and that's a really good point too, is if, you, if you're if you doing this mm-hmm. and you want to go really far, make sure your significant other is fully on board. Yeah. Because uh, that was the first thing I did after I figured out that I wanted to do real estate. Yeah. Because I remember still, like when I was a kid, uh, I think I was like seven. And my the second oldest, I'm there's I have five younger brothers, but the second oldest was like uh, my dad was working at his job, going to community college, and then running the restaurant that we opened that was an absolute failure, right? And I remember like my dad would come home and try to pick up my little brother, and he would cry because like who is this guy? Yeah, trying to pick me up. Yes, no, yeah. absolutely, a hundred percent. I'll tell you uh, just a quick story of what what hit for me mm-hmm. is after I left corporate America mm-hmm. and um, you know because I was never really around right yeah. I mean honestly I, you know I worked too much mm-hmm. um, one of the things that really hit me was uh, two different instances one 
um, you know, my daughter, she's the older one. Uh, one day after I, I can't remember, it might have been a month after I left. So they saw me a lot more. Mm-hmm. And she's like, hey, dad, can we have a chat? I'm like, wait, what? what how, old, how old is she? At the, at the time, time, she was probably, must have been nine, mm-hmm. eight or nine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm dropping everything I'm doing, yeah. you know? And th- something happened very similar with my son as well mm-hmm. because um, I'd, I'd go pick him up, you know, and I occasionally I'd go pick him up with my wife. Mm-hmm. And then oh, if my wife was there, then he's running and giving her a hug. Yeah. You know, when I pick him up, it's kind of like, oh, it's it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so one day, uh, out of the blue, he came and ran and gave me a hug when I mm-hmm. picked him up. And to me, that's why we do what we do mm-hmm. is get get time back and create memories like that absolutely okay so then you're doing pretty well and then you decided to okay let's like tell this job to like you know take it back or i'm out of here right what was that like what was the mindset what was the process and you know because I, I can say for myself right i talked to all my friends and my parents right like hey, this is what i'm doing i'm quitting and i didn't have reliable income. I just quit, <laughs> right? Uh, it goes back to that risk tolerance you're talking about. Yep. So like, what was your process yeah. in, you know, trying to find support or having that conversation and talking to your, you know, your close ones, close yeah. loved ones? Yeah. So that's very interesting because I'm not sure if yours was the same as mine, but you know, like kind of like family and friends who are not in real estate. Mm-hmm. Then when I would talk to them, they're like, they look at me like, wait, 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 say that again. You're about to leave your job to go flip houses mm-hmm. like okay let's sit down and have a talk yeah right so then what i what i realized is you know i can't really have those type of conversations with people who are not in the industry because mm-hmm. they don't it's not their fault because right they they care about you they think you're might be doing something crazy they're um, raised in the same environment we were raised in exactly so then right what the conversations i would have like that would be with my Right? It's real estate buddies, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's a different conversation with them because it's every time I would see them, it's like, hey, when are you quitting your job? Yeah, it's just a completely different conversation. There's so, a there's a video of uh, Max Maxwell, Scott Utz, and, uh, and Brian Arepu, and uh, where they were like they they ambushed him. It's like, when are you quitting your job? <laughs> <laughs> and I talked to Brian about that. He's like, I didn't even know the camera was on. It was like a very personal. <laughs> oh wow! Okay, so it was real. It was, like, it was real, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so okay, so you talked to your 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 close people that you care about. They said don't do it, which was just like what my friends and family yeah. said. Uh, and then you talked to other people that said, when are you quitting? Exactly. And that was the impetus you needed. Yes, and then also, uh, and I'll also give credit. I mean, I a lot of my business I grew up on. You know, your your last. Uh, uh, guest Sean Terry. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched a lot of his videos. I, you know, I grew up on his podcast as well as um, I, I. I went to uh, one of his events and Extreme Freedom. Yeah, Extreme Freedom, and uh, I was in his mastermind as well. Um, the boardroom. Yep. Oh, you were in the boardroom. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Yeah, and uh, you know, so I'll give credit because him and um, uh, Pat Precourt. Mm-hmm. Uh, between those two, they, they gave two pieces of advice. One is, um, and I'll share it with uh, everyone here as well. Mm-hmm. One is uh, when you look at what you're making from a, from 
let's just say, right, on every deal you make $10,000 per deal, then it's how many deals do you really need to do per month to equate to your monthly salary? Or let's not even count monthly salary. Can you pay your bills? Mm -hmm. Then it's like, okay, if you spent 40 hours a week doing that, how much more can you make? Yeah. Um, so that's one thing they said. And then the other thing, which is almost even more impactful, is you know make your decisions based on based on faith instead of fear, mm -hmm. because right you just gotta have faith in yourself that you can go make it happen, right. versus the fear that I'm gonna lose all this income that's steady. Right. That's huge. A lot harder to do when you're married with kids. Yes. Right. When I quit, I had full faith and confidence in myself because I was always kind of irrationally confident, but I didn't have a wife and I didn't have kids. So when I was at Intel, everyone was like, you're so lucky. Yeah. You don't have these responsibilities. You can do it. You're young, you're single, whatever. So I think that's even more impactful. Like you said that, right? Cause people that have responsibilities, yes. it's a harder leap to take. Oh yeah. And that's why I said, you gotta have your significant other on board. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, you know, and people always ask me like, how do you do it? Because they, see, especially when I started in real estate, they were like, do you really have a wife? Because, and kids, because we see you like everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but when I start doing things, I kind of get obsessed. Yeah. It's like, I'm gonna learn, that's that's my profile, mm -hmm. right? My PI profile says, yeah, I'm just gonna try and learn everything I can. Are you taking the Colby test? I've not taken the Colby All test. All right, well, you gotta do that. Come on, you're right. gonna nerd out, you gotta really nerd out, come on. Uh -huh. Well, that PI <laughs> is scary accurate. You know, it's extremely accurate. There's no question about that. Um, and if you guys want to take the PI test, shoot me, you know, shoot me a DM, shoot me a message. I can definitely hook you guys all up with that. I signed up based off Charles's referral. Yeah. Um, okay. So when did you quit exactly? So it was about three years ago this month. Okay. So, um, you know, yeah. And I, I'll tell you, it was kind of a little weird right because mm -hmm. you know you always think about what are you going to do first and in the back of my mind it was like this is a little odd but i was like it's one wife i was like let's just go have lunch mm -hmm. the, the day after and like i just want to have a drink like just because i see people you know you go to lunch mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like what do those people do for a living <laughs> you know so i was like I'm gonna go and you know I'll just have one margarita. There are these people out there that actually eat lunch during the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so we did that. Uh, that was that was always my memory of the first day yeah. of, of uh, independence, mm -hmm. so to speak. Gotcha. She, she also she used to ask me. I was like, hey, before she's like, what are you gonna do after you, you know, mm -hmm. you, you're used to that's what that was your life for like 17 years, right? Well, 17 years. Yeah. I, you know, I lived and breathed IT. Yeah. Uh, so then I was like, well, uh, you know, I was kind of joking with it, but not really. I was like, what I'm going to do, and it's kind of funny, but I'm going to be the carpool dad. Mm -hmm. And I've been the carpool dad ever since. Which means? Like, so every morning I drop off the kids and I help out in the carpool line. Mm -hmm. So, like, you're picking up, like, neighborhood kids? No, 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 no. I'm oh. just dropping my kids off at school and okay. opening doors to let the kids out. Gotcha. So okay. I was just like, I'm going to volunteer somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's... Oh, at the school. At the school, yes. Gotcha. Not your kids. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. Yeah, drop them off. Drop off the kids, and then help help open doors so that the kids can make it. Interesting. To you time. know, Haim talks about that. Um, you know, his his thing is about his passion is about the spending time with the kids. Yep. 
and I was joking with him, like his, you know, they might think he's unemployed or homeless, you know, how much time he has for his yeah. kids. Yeah, yeah, no. And it's, it's actually kind of neat because it's like, I actually get time with them every morning mm-hmm. where it's, and you know, we do a couple of things like uh, nowadays I, I have them say what they're grateful for every mm-hmm. day. You and, do? Oh yeah. So it's, I'm trying to instill that in them a little mm-hmm. bit of, you know, what I, even I'm trying to do, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it helps me too, because then yeah. they'll remind me and <laughs> uh, that, hey, we got to do that. And then the other thing that I told them to do as well is don't let me get on my phone because mm. I'm bad about getting on my phone. So now mm. they remind me, yeah. get off the phone. That's good. And, you know, I think listening to your story is I have a lot of, um, I never worked the 80, 90 hours a week. I was working like 30 hours a week in Intel. I had really comfortable situation. Um, but what was important to me was creating a business so I have more time for my kids. And my parents did an incredible job. I'm, cre- I'm incredibly grateful for them, but they were never there. Right. You know? So that was for me, like I need to create a business so that I can be there for the kids, so I can drop the kids off. I don't open the doors, yeah. <laughs> but I drop them off. Yes. Right? So no, I, very I, cool. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, it's kind of surprising, like honestly, when I left, it probably took me three months before I told my mom. <laughs> Just because I was, I wasn't sure how she would take it. Yeah. Uh, you know, because my my dad had passed away a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I called her up and said, "Hey, you know, just so you know, I, you know, don't have the corporate job anymore." Her response was, "Good. You you work too much. You you mm-hmm. were stressed out too much, or yeah. you know, you just look like you were working too much." <laughs> so I'm like, "That's oh. the worst, right? To look like you were working too much." Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so you you quit. Now you're going into it. Right now, you've got all this newfound time. You bought eighty hours. Yep. Time. What was that like? Um, so it was really good. I mean, right. Uh, so then I started building up, um, uh, building up a you know what I'd call a proper business, mm-hmm. right? To where it's you know where you know marketing properly. Uh, you know, at the time, right? I mean, it was a lot of direct mail back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, marketing, right? Doing deals and just trying to do things so you can scale. Um, mm-hmm. So that was most of 2017, uh, and for me, right, 2018, I, you know, I went through a lot more personal stuff. Mm-hmm. So then it was kind of I almost viewed that as almost definitely in the second half of the year, kind of like a little bit of a lost year, mm-hmm. just because of a lot of things that I had going on. Right. And so then this year, um, it's almost like a revitalization for me, mm-hmm. and a lot of people who know me they've definitely noticed a big difference, especially of what I'm doing now versus, or even my, how, I, how I've evolved from even the beginning of the year. Mm. Even, I'm completely different than when we first met at We Live in, in Dallas. So let's talk about that. What's, what's, what's the journey and what, what was the cause of that? So, um, so the cause of that was just kind of some, some business dealings that I was in and it's just kind of, uh, yeah. It probably might not be good to talk about that sure. right now, mm-hmm. um, but uh, so that kind of led me to kind of being even more kind of uh, almost my natural personality. If mm-hmm. you look at my PI test, is I'm reserved mm-hmm. and you know I'm very quiet and I'm just the back of the room type of guy. Yeah, because a, a lot of people who know me in Houston, they see me. Uh, there's two people in particular, they'll see me at an event and they'll come up to me and it's like, hey, Charles, um, we don't go to events very often, but you know, if we know we want to find you, we know where to look. 
the yeah. back of the room, you know, <laughs> kind of blending in with the furniture. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, so then, uh, but I've started to come out a little bit more mm -hmm. uh, in terms of, you know, I think the impetus of kind of pushing ahead was then I started focusing on, okay, I want to scale. Mm -hmm. That's kind of one of the drivers is, it was in the last year, I was like, I'm gonna do whatever I gotta do to start scaling up. Yeah. You know, so this year I've personally probably spent more in training mm -hmm. than I have probably in the last probably two years combined. Because yeah. I started to go into to different events mm -hmm. and also to network and also figure out how to grow this business kind of as fast as I can. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if people haven't noticed out there, like the game's definitely changed. Mm -hmm. uh, things I was doing probably a year and a half ago. It doesn't work anymore. Completely different now. Yeah. I, I've, I characterize it as what I was doing a year and a half ago was kind of old school stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's like all the new school stuff. Right. And so, you know, I'm aggressively just trying to go after as much as I can right now and grow. Yeah. Um, because one thing I also say is, you know, I think you talk about a lot about PPC mm -hmm. back in back in the good old days. Oh man, those are great days. Yes, uh, and I always those look back gone. at yeah, I look back at that right the 2015 range, mm -hmm. and I was getting probably leads for fifteen dollars, right? And nowadays you, you might get a click for fifteen dollars. And, you know, when me and some of my buddies who we did a lot of PPC back then, well, what we thought was a lot of PPC back then, we look back at that now and we're like, we we should have went all in. Yeah. Like, just not double down, just triple down. Just dump everything into that mm -hmm. and, and let it fly. Right. And, you know, I always look back at that and say, I don't want, I don't want to say that again right. about this market. So one thing you talked about, and this is going to be a completely shameless plug on my part here. But you said you spent a lot on, on seminars, events, whatever. So you were here with Elizabeth uh, yep. four months ago. Yes. What were your big takeaways uh, when you went to that? Yeah. So the big takeaways for that is, uh, and I, I probably I mentioned to you, and um, uh, probably haven't shared this too far publicly, but uh, what I got out of that, like, I think it was Labor, no, it was Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it was really poor poor planning on my part. This is okay. I'm an action taker, not a yeah. details person. Yeah. So I, the day I got back from mm -hmm. the event, I was like, I changed all of my text message mm -hmm. um, to the format that you guys have. Yeah. Uh, and right, uh, when I see something that I'm like, it makes sense and resonates with mm -hmm. me, I'm like, I'm gonna go do it. Right. So then the very next day, we changed all the scripts, mm -hmm. right? Retrained everybody to say, to use these scripts. And then, uh, you know, every so often afterwards, I would ask them, I was like, hey, how does, how is it working? Um, you know, I'd ask the angels that, and then they're like, the scripts are much better, and they have more meaningful conversations with yeah. people. I'm like, perfect. That's right. what I what I would expect from the scripts that you guys have. Yeah. I mean, it's just kind of night and day, um, because I mentioned to you, I, I've gone to other sales training, mm -hmm. and, you know, and the sales training is, you know, they're kind of similar, but what I told you, and you know, I was speaking to you honestly back then, because I even still feel the same way. It's like your scripts were just much more efficient. Yeah. Meaning, right? Instead of thirty minutes conversation, it was like okay, five minutes, mm -hmm. and it's like to the <laughs> point where right. it accomplished the same thing, mm -hmm. but it was just much more condensed. And then that way, it's like you can have more conversations. Right. Way more conversations per hour, without yes. losing opportunities. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. So I, you know. I, I highly recommend uh, kind of, and I've told quite a number of people, yeah, yeah. just 
ask, go go to Steve's stuff so you can get his scripts. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not just saying that because I'm here. Most people who know me are like, yeah, I'm not going to plug something or, yeah. or, or say something's good if I don't believe in it. Right. You know, because I got, I got people calling me from all over the place asking me my opinion about stuff because they know I'm, I'm going to give an accurate <laughs> answer that's unbiased because, yeah. you know, that's just kind of how it is. Uh, the other thing I would also say about your event, mm -hmm. um, and I, I probably even mentioned this to you as well, is one thing that was a little different about your event that I found was um, a lot of the people that I met there, right, I still keep in contact with. I mean, a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, a bigger percentage than I probably say at other places. Yeah. And also, right, look, my personality is I'm, you know, a little bit more reserved, so mm -hmm. it's even harder for me to uh, connect with people. But uh, one thing I found out with your event was, yeah, it was just really, and I think we talked when we talked about it, it was kind of like it, it's who you end up resonating with, mm -hmm. that's who you end up attracting. Right. So, you know, one thing I encourage to folks, if you're going out to networking or going to events, it's not just to learn, right? Mm -hmm. I probably get as much value from learning from other people as I do uh, from the event itself. Right. You know, and you make good connections. I mean, uh, you know, Stratton, JR, Michael, I mean, you know, we're chatting a lot. Yeah, and they're all crushing it. Yeah, oh yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we talk a lot. And, so one thing you talked about was more time working on scaling now. Yep. So now you got this event, whole scaling. Yes. So what is that about? So whole scaling is um, kind of, it's going to be now four days mm -hmm. of content. So three days, we're going to have a lot of great speakers like yourself mm -hmm. that's coming. Uh, Rafael Vargas, Lee Kearney, Nick Perry, a whole bunch of, of people who are actually in the business. Yeah. And we're going to come and tell you kind of from almost A to Z mm -hmm. how to scale your business. Um, and the way we kind of envisioned it and built it was, Right. I'm actively scaling. Mm -hmm. Elizabeth is actively scaling. Yeah. Ricardo's actively scaling. So we're we're we brought in people basically like we want to learn from, right. and we're like, okay, we'll just invite invite the rest of the country the, too. That's kind of like how my podcast started, right? So let's talk about so Rafael Vargas, yes. right, from Florida. Well, he's in Florida. He's in multiple places. Yeah. So what is someone gonna get from seeing Rafael on stage? So from Rafael, you're gonna he's gonna teach you how to how to pick markets and just dominate them. Yeah. Like, like I've, I've, you know, I'm one of his students as mm -hmm. well. And I've literally become a data scientist mm -hmm. because of him yeah. is watching how he picked markets mm -hmm. and right down to zip codes. I'm like, oh yeah. All right. That definitely resonates with me. I'm like, I'm a data guy. So I'm like, yeah. Uh, and then Nick Perry, Nick Perry, uh, what will they get from listening to Nick Perry? So Nick Perry's, uh, they're going to get hiring. Mm -hmm. Right, everywhere I go across the country, it's I'm having trouble hiring. Yeah. So Nick Perry has it on autopilot. It's like he just shows up on I think Tuesdays and Thursdays to interviews, and he just says yes or no. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, you know, me him being so close to Houston, mm -hmm. I've gone to his office a couple of times in mm -hmm. the last um, few weeks to actually get that implemented. So yeah. I'm actively using what he's going to teach already, gotcha. and it's you know. I've got a full-time person who's just taking care of interviewing. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. I'm actually in the market. Um, met with a recruiter yesterday to tell him to go find me a recruiter. Oh. Um, so yeah, you got that. And then there was, uh, who was uh, 
Another name you mentioned? So uh, Lee Kearney's coming. Mm -hmm. um, Lee, uh, he's done 7,500 transactions. Okay. Yeah, you know, <laughs> he's done a few, half a yeah. billion dollars of real estate. Ah. You know, yeah. um, so he's he's going to focus on the recession mm -hmm. and what he's doing. So people that because right now we're all cutting our teeth in the good times. Yes. So he's talking about what to expect. Yes. When and bad things happen. Yeah. And how to prepare. Right. Uh, and also another person who's going to talk a little bit about that uh, along those lines as mm -hmm. well is uh, Daniel Chad Moore. Mm -hmm. uh, he's out of Dallas. And uh, an interesting thing he's going to talk about is he's going to actually walk us through the market cycles. Mm -hmm. and what you should be doing in each part of the cycle. Yeah. So for instance, you're right, if we're at the peak, then rehabbing probably not gonna be the best thing to not do. Not the safest you know. thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so also we got um, Don Costa, yes. who I'm in a mastermind with him, and that guy is just dripping with knowledge. Yes. So what's he gonna talk about? So he's gonna talk about how to, um, how to do virtual wholesale and mm -hmm. fit your lifestyle. Ah, yeah, yeah. kind of like what you, I like what you're doing. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about, I still have a couple, I'm not there yet, but yeah. a couple more things to do. And then I'm, yeah, I okay. don't want to be doing uh, 89 hours a week. Right. So going back to earlier, you were talking about facilitator, right? So you're, you're known as the facilitator in Houston. Yeah. How did you get that nickname? So, you know, what people used to always ask me, what do you do? And, mm -hmm. you know, the standard answer is always wholesaler, or, a rehabber or a landlord. Um, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I think all of us as real estate investors, we should really think of ourselves as facilitators. Mm -hmm. And if everyone can become a facilitator, which to me means helping people out or making sure things get done. Yeah. Because nobody gets happy, nobody gets paid unless a deal gets done. Mm -hmm. you know, the, the seller's not gonna be happy if, mm -hmm. if the deal busts. Buyer's not going to be happy. Lender's not going to be happy. Title company. So if we can all become facilitators, mm -hmm. then that will just help everybody. And, right. you know, in some cases, you know, I won't even make money uh, helping facilitate something. It's somebody needs something that I might be able to help them with. Then I'm like, okay, here, go talk to this person. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, to me, all that stuff, right, you don't have to get paid on everything. Mm -hmm. Right. You will help people out. It'll always come back 20 fold. And then, you know, I get a lot of joy from actually helping people. Yeah, you know, I, I find myself more joy when someone else does a deal just because of maybe something I said or what what have you, mm -hmm. and they just told me later. I'm like, wow, that's it's incredibly fulfilling. Yeah, hundred percent, it's fulfilling. Uh, okay, so there's some questions here. Uh, Ryan asks, um, best way to hire a VA. What site would you go to? So, um, the way that I hired my first one was I use a service. Uh, and I, I think they've, they may have gone through several names. So, I mean, I'll tell you the ones that I know of that are out there. Cause I think uh, I use my Outdesk, but I think they are actually more geared towards realtors. Yeah, they're so great, tr towards traditional. Yeah. I, I've used them in the past. Yeah, so there's a Rocket Station, mm -hmm. uh, Robert Nickel. Um, and actually my first VA was through whatever company he had with my out desk. Mm -hmm. um, there's Riva as well. Um, and you can also obviously do Upwork and things like that. Yeah. Here's my one suggestion. If you're gonna use a service or even whenever you're hiring, it's okay to say no. Yeah. It, I'd, I would tell you 
say no more than you say yes mm -hmm. because a lot of times you don't just trust what a service is going to say that says yeah. hey this is a great va be phenomenal for your business i'm like no i went through quite a bit of interviewing before i found the one that there's something that we learned from darren hardy and if it's not a hell yeah then it's a hell no yes exactly i, yeah. I find myself saying that to people now too yeah. and it's sometimes it's even when i'm involved i'm like if if you're not saying hell hell yes then don't include me. All right. <laughs> you'll you'll thank me later. Yeah. All right. Don't include me. Uh, so uh, Ryan also wants to know what kind of marketing are you doing right now. So I do a lot of um, so I do a lot of um, I do internet marketing. So which means uh, a lot of SEO. Mm -hmm. So one of my sites ranks ranks pretty well even in Houston. Mm -hmm. uh, and also I do a lot of telemarketing, mostly on the SMS texting side. No. Uh, because I think, you know, I'll tell you that that's just a very cheap lead source. Very um, cheap, very efficient. Exactly. Yep. And you know, it just, what I recommend to people is, we've, uh, my opinion is, and I've said it a lot, is we probably have by now probably a 15 month time window mm -hmm. where you can actually do that. Yeah. And then, right, RVMs are starting to get taken away. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so obviously, before I say anything else, make sure I'm not a lawyer. So talk to you, <laughs> talk to your lawyers. But I will tell you, I'm not going to make the same mistake I did in 2015 yeah. and not and not try to go not cash in, not go after what I always say is 80 million. Um, Stratton, what's up, Stratton? Uh, he wants to know if you hire someone to evaluate new markets for you. Uh, I do not. I actually do that myself. So uh, one of the things that um, I learned from Raphael is how to go pick markets and how to go pick even zip codes mm -hmm. within markets. Yeah. So a lot of that analysis, you know, it goes back a little bit to my profile, mm -hmm. uh, which is I'm a data guy, uh, I'm an analytical person, and you know, I kind of like to do that stuff. So right. I'm gonna gravitate to that. Right, no, that makes complete sense. Uh, Ryan wants to know what script are you using? Steve's. <laughs> That's right. It's our scripts. Yes. Um, which Max and I created, right? Yes. It's not just me. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see what else is there. Um, so we already talked about what service you guys are using for VA. So uh, Elizabeth wants to know what profile I was. Mine was independent. Is that is that, what, is that the exact word? Uh, you, uh, yeah, I think it was independent or mm -hmm. individual. Individualist. There yeah. you go. Individualist. Individualist, yeah. Elizabeth, which means I'm going to do whatever I'm going to do. <laughs> it, yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I even looked at it. I was like, yeah, our, our profiles are pretty similar, except for those kind of two things. Delegation is uh, a little harder for me. It's yeah. much better now though. Yeah. Here's, here's the one thing I'll. Well, you to, you, Cause you can kind of grow into that. Yes. Because it's kind of like, uh, I'm much more comfortable with as soon as I know how it works, then I can slowly delegate. Right. And I, honestly, I parallel corporate with real estate. I made the same mistakes in corporate mm -hmm. that I did in real estate, which is I was told in corporate, you gotta delegate, you gotta delegate. And it probably took me two years. Mm -hmm. Like I had a big team, but it was like, my, my manager kept on saying, you need to delegate. Yeah. But the minute I realized that I was holding my team back because I wasn't delegating, mm -hmm. I was done. I was like, okay. This is, right, I grabbed three of them and I was like, this is your team now. Mm -hmm. Between the three of y'all is yours and you know, I'm here to help you. Right. I'm just gonna facilitate whatever you need. I'm, I'm just air traffic control. <laughs> right? I'm gonna clear the runway, everything else is yours. 
but I will be in the back. Mm-hmm. I, I will, and I'll provide all the cover you need, and I'll train you. Yeah. Uh, but then I look back in real estate, and I made the same mistake. Right. I, right. I hired my first VA four years ago. But the stakes are higher in your own business. Yes. Oh, hundred percent. <laughs> right? Like you screw up in a corporate world, like whatever. The company lost a couple million dollars, whatever. Ah. Oh yeah, and <laughs> real estate, yeah. yeah. But I, I'd also say I learned, I, I made the same mistake because mm-hmm. it goes back to my natural profile, which right. is I'm gonna kind of be a little less risk averse mm-hmm. and also try to do everything myself. Yeah. Uh, so then I, I hired one VA four years ago. Uh, between that and in the last year, I hired, I had one other VA, but then that's about it. And then, I mean, I had uh, another team in between, but, um, you know, end of last year, I hired another VA because I couldn't deal with the texting. Mm-hmm. It was just too much. Yeah. And then, so, you know, fast forward now, I've got like nine VAs. Most of them hired within the last probably two and a half months. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm in massive kind of ramp up mode. Um, Ben Naman wants to know, what is your cost per deal on text messaging, including all the data pulling and skip tracing per deal? Okay. So that's a good question. Um, I'll answer it this way. Cause I, I even get, uh, cause I use, uh, lead Sherpa, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a really good platform. And, uh, the owner, Jason had asked me if I'd provide stats to his group, mm-hmm. uh, his Facebook group. And I, I said, I'll take a look. I looked at it, I was like, Jason, you realize that my stats would mean absolutely nothing to a new person, just given kind of how the software works. Mm-hmm. And I explained why, and he's like, yeah, your stats probably, just because of the volume I send, mm-hmm. as well as just the underlyings of how the software works, my stats wouldn't make any difference because I would expect a new person on the platform to do a lot better than I would. Just, there's just some nuances in there. Um, so because of the volume, because of the volume, and because also I send a lot of follow-ups. Mm. Meaning, right? I mean, uh, if if I send uh, for us, it's always the if I'm hitting something for the first time, mm-hmm. it, right? The response rates are pretty good, right? Somewhere yeah. in thirty percent range. Mm-hmm. If I hit them again the next month, then it's probably like you know maybe ten percent. It's then then I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm like because I'm scaling up, I'm like, I don't even look at that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, just send as much as I can right. um, in as efficient way as I can, and then that's it. So do but, you have an overall? Yeah, so what what I did do is, because one of my friends asked me probably a week or two, mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, to help him out with some marketing, uh, because he, he knows I'm, I do a lot of techs. Yeah. So he asked me to help him out. So, uh, and I think he's he was okay with me sharing some of these numbers, because this is much more accurate for mm-hmm. someone who's starting out than, than anything I'm doing. Um, so I think his cost was, I'm talking about all in costs, getting the data, getting uh, skip tracing, uh, I think even labor costs and the texting. Uh, it was about s- between 50 and $70 per lead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was probably about two, 1500 to 2000 per deal somewhere in that range because it was i think it was two different data sets so those aren't beautiful numbers they're good numbers yeah uh, but they're not sexy numbers uh, yeah but his his spread is oh yeah yeah okay yeah his spread is just going to be ridiculous awesome. and i 
And the other thing I would probably say about that as well is just give it a little while mm -hmm. because the follow-ups, right? Mm -hmm. There's more money coming in the follow-ups. Oh, absolutely. Um, I can't speak for um, the total cost per deal because we also cold call an RVM. But I know just from texting alone on our operation, when we last looked at it, we were under 400. Per deal? Per deal. And does that include labor? Uh, that does not include cost of sale, right? Because we pay commission. Uh, okay. That does not oh, include okay. cost of sale. Um, because we're not, they're not salaried, right? Right, right, They're right. commissioned. Mm -hmm. So we include cost of sale. It's going to go way up because these yeah. guys are making 20% right, right, on right, these right. deals. Yeah. Um, let's see what other questions we got here. Uh, so Samir asks, you want to just repeat it? What company you use for text messaging? Lead Sherpa. Yep. Yeah. So Jason Nickel, I've met him. Uh, at a different mastermind, and he's all about making it better. In fact, he asked me, like, what's it going to take for you to switch? I was like, dude, just take what you see here in Text Magic and yeah. put that on Lee Sherpa, and yeah. I'll switch. That's yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, it works for a lot of people, right? Yeah, uh, no. Lee Sherpa. It works. There are it's a lot right. of, like, powerhouses using it uh, just for the way we run our operation. It just didn't make sense. Um, okay, so question here is how is your operation? Because Houston's massive. Yep. And I've met a lot of people out there, a lot yeah. of them. So how is your operation different than your uh, peers and, and competitors in the Houston market? Um, I mean, I I think the one thing that I know I'm looking to do is take a much more data-driven approach. Mm -hmm. uh, and some other people may be doing that, uh, but I don't I don't really hear a whole lot of people talking about that. Mm -hmm. So uh, by data-driven approach, I'm, I mean kind of with what I'm doing, I go target zip codes now mm -hmm. because, you know, I always say, right, the motivated list, even if it's, let's just say 10%, then that's, if in Harris County, the biggest county in, in Houston is about 1.1 million houses, single family houses, mm -hmm. at 10%, that's about 110,000 uh, houses. And uh, that, that's not enough, mm -hmm. you know, cause, because texting is, for me, it's just a big data hog. Mm -hmm. Like right now, I'm probably skip tracing somewhere around 50,000 uh, records a month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you run on a property. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty quick. Oh, yeah. So you have to go by zip codes. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. And I go target the zip codes that are best suited for, for my business model. So yeah. you're going on a general list based off of a zip code. Yes. And, gotcha. and, you know, you tie it down to the zip codes that are ideal for whatever you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, uh, and I'd probably recommend this uh, probably anywhere across the country is, right, what's going to sell the fastest, mm -hmm. which is uh, definitely in my market is going to be like anything under two probably 220, mm -hmm. right? Anything above 250, 300, it's kind of like, uh, so do I want to target zip codes that are in the 300, 400 range? Probably not, not mm -hmm. right now, especially in the Heck market no. that we're doing, no. 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 So find the lower price zip codes and I just do blanket yeah. targeting. Gotcha. Um, so one thing that was uh, interesting was that um, we were all hanging out in Dallas and there were multiple remarks that these Phoenix people are weird, <laughs> right? Like they're hanging out. Uh -huh. And even the questions we got was like, oh, you guys are all on the same company. That's cool. And we're like, no, we're, we're all <laughs> in the streets. We're trying to kill each other in the houses, <laughs> but outside the houses, you know, we all hang out. In fact, we got, you know, Jesse Evo, Brent Daniels, Pace, and Rafael uh, Cortez. They're all in the same building. Oh, wow. In Phoenix. Okay. Right. You should definitely stop by there after uh -huh. this. And, but that's not the relationship. Cause I'll ask you like, Hey, what's going on with this guy? What's going on with the guy? You're like, who? So what uh, about this guy? Don't know who that is. There's not that same, um, dynamic 
but you're trying to make that. Yeah. You're, you're, you're one of your goals for wholescaling, I believe. You talked to Elizabeth, you want to create this uh, camaraderie. Yes, absolutely. So you want to talk about what you guys are trying to create there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, kind of, I always uh, talk to you a bit about it as well. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I look at what uh, people are doing in Phoenix and it's like, you know, because last time I was here for your event, I actually, I showed up at the Keegley office, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke with Jamil and, uh, you know, I didn't really have a plan, right? Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go hang out with Jamil mm-hmm. and then go figure it out from there. Yeah. Next thing you know, Pace is showing up mm-hmm. and Pace is like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing for the rest of the day? I was like, well, uh, Elizabeth's coming in and I'm going to go meet her uh, mm-hmm. in the afternoon. Uh, and he's like, okay, so you got nothing. All right, let's go. Right. So I hop in the car with him and I spend the whole day with him. And he's he's taking me around. He takes me over to uh, uh, Annie, Evo, and Jesse's place, uh, the Vatch mm-hmm. folks. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm like, this this is just <laughs> weird. You know, yeah. I, we don't really do that mm-hmm. in Houston. I mean, there might be small pockets, mm-hmm. but definitely like uh, wholescaling. That's w- what it's kind of all about is to build a community. Because, yeah. you know, for us, what we're doing is like, we're not, you know, because people ask me like regularly, like, uh, are you like, what are you selling? I'm like, well, we're not selling anything off of wholescaling. And yeah. then like, what are you really, what are you selling? I'm like, no, we're not selling anything. It's like, yeah. None of us run coaching programs. Mm-hmm. We're not selling a mastermind at the end of it. That's what yeah. people always ask. I'm like, no, we're just doing it because there is no upselling. Yeah, no upselling, right? Yeah. And we've kind of made that clear to everyone. It's no upselling. It's how do you build it? It's basically building a, a good community. Because right, yeah. I want to be able to pick up the phone and say, hey, uh, Joe, can you go look at this house for me? Mm-hmm. And right, we have people who are like, yeah, I'll go. Right. You know, without you know, without questions. Like, yeah, you know, and people that we can trust. You know, because what, what I see out of the Phoenix folks is, wow, I mean, that's just like you pick up the phone and you, you get an answer. I remember the thing I remember distinctly was Pace going over to, to the Annie and Eva's office and saying he was, you know, kind of tweaking some things with uh, his, his cold calling script. Annie's like, hang on one second. She goes and prints out a printout of their script and says, here, take a look at this. And, you know, you, yeah. you do what you want with it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's kind of crazy. Um, Moises Gonzalez wants to know where are you pulling your lists and skip, skip tracing them? So uh, I use a couple of different places for lists uh, and actually right now I'm in like, you know, I really want to target almost the whole country. Mm-hmm. So I'm actively going to look for where I can go get the most data for the most appropriate price. Yeah. So if anybody knows of any, hit me up. I would say probably batch. Yes. Uh, and actually, that's who I skip trace with. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I also tell people is, uh, people will hear me say this, don't ever buy bad data. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust me, I've bought bad data. Like I re- that is app. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I regret it. I'm like, ah, oh, and I, it's, it's hard to get out of my system now. Mm-hmm. And not that I couldn't probably go do it, I could probably go figure it out, but I don't really want to spend the hours I think it's going to take to mm-hmm. go figure it out at some point I probably will but mm-hmm. or I'll just go skip everything again yeah um, but yeah and uh, as a matter of fact someone asked me to test something um, earlier this week um, and on Monday like on Monday I was like yeah no not good mm-hmm. uh, stay with that <laughs> good batch <laughs> yeah very awesome uh, okay so what does your organization look like today so today um, so uh, and we probably didn't explain a whole lot, but uh, I also do a lot of joint ventures mm-hmm. because I'm I'm of the opinion now I don't 
I don't really want to go to houses. Uh, I'm more likely to go to a house if somebody asks me to go help them mm-hmm. than go on my own deal. Uh, that's just that's just I'm just like I you know sometimes I'll go to houses with people mm-hmm. and then uh, just my buddies and yeah. they'll they'll be like you know I've gone to houses with Ricardo Ricardo looks at me he's like you don't really like houses do you I'm like no I mean mm-hmm. they they all kind of look the same to me yeah I'm like I you know and I'm not I'm not one to say oh we can go knock this wall down do all this other stuff I can if I think about it mm-hmm. but I'm like that's not what I really want to do. So from an acquisition disposition side, then uh, I'm doing a lot of JVs. Uh, from uh, a um, everything else, I mean, I've got nine VAs now, and I'm kind of actually trying to build that, ramp that up mm-hmm. uh, even a lot more. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I would probably tell everyone, right, because we talked a little bit about VAs, is you got to build a culture with them mm-hmm. to where they want to work with you and then they'll work hard for you as well mm-hmm. um because i mean i've had experience in my corporate life of where i ran teams in asia in india and uh in singapore so i kind of know the culture as well so i have a little benefit there mm-hmm. but it's you have to include them right for me they're a part of the team they're yeah. not, it's not like you know cheap labor no way oh yeah it, that's why you're flying her here exactly right yeah and uh you know so you want to make sure that they're engaged the first thing I always tell them, any new person that joins is like, mm. look, I expect you to do your job very well, but I also expect you to provide some feedback. Mm-hmm. Tell me what I'm not doing right. Tell tell me what we as a group are not doing right. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, you know, it takes a little while for it to actually sink into them because mm-hmm. they're like, they're kind of used to, just the culture is kind of used to. Well, I think a lot of them are used to being just abused, right? Um, yeah. I know I have one that I hired, and she was great. Um, she had to leave uh, for medical reasons. But when I hired her, I was like, so you cold call right now already. You use a triple line dialer, and you've got scripts, and you have training. Why are we talking? And she's like, you know, I work with this other company, and they pay $6 an hour, and they were buying houses, but they couldn't pay me on time. I was like, what? So. Oh, yeah. So they just, they're, they're used to being taken for granted. So if you just treat them well, yep, they're loyal to a fault. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, when we were um, earlier, that's what I was doing, it's payroll. I was like, <laughs> I, and I even I even told them, it's like, look, it, because I've been dealing with a couple of payroll, just like, I just wanna make it efficient mm-hmm. to where it's, you know, and then they had less time for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I've been trying to do a couple of things and also make it cost efficient for them as well in terms of whatever the exchange rates and whatnot. And it's been a struggle for me for the last probably two and a half months. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got on a call with Antoine last night because he's, you know, really big on VAs. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I have this problem. I, I'm trying to deal with payroll. And I told him what I was doing. He's like, don't do that. He's like, just, right. I know you want to automate and make everything easy, but he's like, that's just better pen and paper. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. It, and I'm like, it makes good sense because what he's telling me, I'm like, I'm dealing with that right now. I'm like. So what was his response? His response, because we use Hubstaff mm-hmm. to kind of do a lot of the tracking. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, to align everything up, then you're going to end up making manual adjustments all over the oh, place. Oh, I see. That's why you're saying pen and paper. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, don't do that. Just have a spreadsheet. I'm like, okay. I'm. Um, um, <laughs> You're overcomplicating it. Yes. I'm over-engineering. Um, uh, Joe Gonzalez wants to know, how are you dealing with the new cold calling laws passed in Texas? So 
Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I haven't. I've heard about the new uh, laws, but I haven't actually addressed it. Right. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of anything like that, it's kind of like, you know, obviously I'm not a lawyer, uh, but everything's risk versus reward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I don't know enough about it right now to be able to to give you an opinion. It's okay. just kind of like bandit science. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're legal if you get the permits, <laughs> uh, but you know, at least that's what a cop told me once. Yeah, at midnight. <laughs> uh, and Warner uh, Kuroga, I apologize if I'm butchering your name. Is how are you dispositioning properties? So dispositioning right now, uh, a lot of it is actually through relationships. Mm. Um, not as, as in you're calling them. Yeah, yeah, more so than blasting nowadays. Mm. Okay, so how many deals are you doing a month right now? Not enough. Yeah. Looking for a little more specificity here. Yeah, so it's not enough. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm usually one that kind of keeps those things close to the vest mm-hmm. um, for, for a number of reasons. But, you know, because one of the things is, and I'll, I'll give this advice to people as well, because sometimes when people, you know, we always see things get posted on Facebook mm-hmm. in terms of, right, whoever's doing what, mm-hmm. uh, 20 deals a month. And I'm, you know, sometimes that discourages people. Sometimes right. it inspires people. Mm-hmm. What I always tell people about that is uh, use those as goals, mm-hmm. right? So if somebody's saying, that, hey, they, they did 20 deals this month, me, I'm like, cool, congratulations. You know, uh, I, I don't want people to look at that and say, I'm, I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it, it can be discouraging because you're like, you know, even me some days, I'm like, God, I'm not, I'm not doing enough. Well, yeah. I'm always not doing enough, but I'm like, God, they're, they're doing that much, but then you just have to turn around and just kind of be positive. Well, it, like you said, it gives you a, uh, a, a target, right? yeah. something to shoot for. Exactly. So, you know, between data, um, skip tracing, texting, VAs, everything, like what is your overall, like monthly, like what are you out per month? So right now it's probably in the neighborhood of about 15 mm-hmm. per month. That's um, not bad. Yeah, no. Trying I mean, to go nationwide, that's not bad at all. Texting's cheap. Texting's uh, super cheap. Texting's cheap. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the only thing about texting is it's just manually intensive. Mm-hmm. You have to, right? And you have to have someone good who can process yeah. and process quickly. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, I literally ran my own texting when I first started on Leisure mm-hmm. because that's my personality. I, I got to try it you out. Yeah, master it first. Yeah. And then uh, it is time consuming mm-hmm. and it can be you know my nature is like i'll be up well not all night but up until like eight o'clock it's like mm-hmm. constantly texting people and it's just <laughs> so i get obsessed with stuff like that uh so how many text messages are you sending per day as an operation as an operation so right now um it's probably around the eight thousand range mm-hmm. uh and so the thing about lead sherpa is right it's someone is manually clicking a button mm-hmm. eight thousand times now not someone's get, clicking a button someone's getting um what is that repetitive carpal tunnel someone's syndrome? getting carpal tunnel yeah you better make sure you get good uh workman's comp yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah well you know it's, it's actually not too bad i i've, I've done it before i'm like mm-hmm. you know you can get through a hundred pretty quick right uh you know so anybody who does texting it's just it's just manually intensive. Uh, and Warner again wants to know how many texts are you sending until you get a deal? Uh, so I think 
I mean, the best stats is what I helped my buddy with, and it was probably for that one. It's probably in the neighborhood of seven. Mm-hmm. Was it about seven thousand? But I think that's actually on a little bit on the high side. Um, it, and again, it was kind of their first rodeo with texting. Mm-hmm. So I, it, and also I expect there's also a couple deals kind of in the pipe. Mm-hmm. They just haven't signed yet. So you know, it's always you're not going to get it first time always. Mm-hmm. But I expect them to get a couple more out of that. The, right. the thing that I will tell you that the feedback that he did provide mm-hmm. was it's way better than cold calling because he this person they were doing massive cold and yeah. massive i think it's a balance i think you got to do both yeah to to maximize the data you get uh so daniel martinez wants to know what is the next level and where are you going so for me the next level is um definitely nationwide uh you know uh, depending on whose data you your in numbers you're looking at mm-hmm. then there's 80 million single family houses out there in the U.S. Mm-hmm. with the marketing channels that we have available to us now, aka text, mm-hmm. there's probably no reason why you can't go target as much of them as you can. So one of these days, I'm going to get a text message from Charles. You will. <laughs> yeah, when I come to Phoenix, yes, you're going to get. You're probably going to get multiple text messages. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is you know one of the things I've really learned this year mm-hmm. uh, and I point it back to one specific sign right uh, I went to Rafael Vargas event he had a sign up there that said something to the effect of um, if you want if you want to go big then you can't think small yeah so uh, literally that's how then I'm just like oh I'm, I'm just on a different path now you're, so, you're shoving all your, all your chips in the table yeah I'm not gonna make the 2015 mistake again. yeah uh, so Elizabeth Navarrete wants to know what's going on, Elizabeth. Is what's up, Elizabeth? How are you dealing or competing with iBuyers? With iBuyers, um, I met an iBuyer the other week, mm-hmm. and I'm actually trying to get a hold of him to see how we can do business together. Yeah. Um, so iBuyers, uh, they are kind of a different breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'll just say right now they are. Because, right, they've got a specific buy box mm-hmm. or their buy box is newer houses. Stucco tile. Yeah. So. Probably uh, not in a flood zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and probably not a whole lot of repairs. Mm-hmm. So if you take out the fact that they're really after kind of the newer houses, then you should still have kind of free reign. Yeah. Those are houses that probably should go retail anyway. Exactly. And, you know, I've talked to people who've. Um, who've wanted to go to iBuyers and, you know, I'm like, well, if they can offer you that price, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I also use the Steve script as well. Mm-hmm. I did, uh, uh, yeah, so did Zillow come out to your house and make an offer? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do the score shirt policy. I love yeah. the score shirt policy. Uh, Jason Toledo has a great question as well, is what's the number one thing you wish you had known when you started your, your real estate investment journey? Um, I think, I think the one thing, let me rephrase it because a better answer. One thing I would have done differently is be okay with getting help Mm. as soon as, as soon as possible. Because it's not that I I didn't get help, but I'm the type of personality where, 
you know, I try to do everything myself, right? Mm -hmm. The first couple months I just YouTubed and right, went to meetings and you know, my personality, I was kind of, you know, back of the room corner type of guy. So I probably should have done what I do now, which is, you know, like last night, right? Perfect example. I had an issue with, right, how to pay VAs. So I say, Antoine, help me, mm -hmm. right? And I get a spot answer from someone who's done it. Right. Whereas in the past- And I, responsive. Yeah, exactly. And mm -hmm. you know, uh, that's probably what I would do, you know, that's why actually I go to a lot of, I even go to, purposely go to a lot of national events mm -hmm. is because I wanna go meet people from across the country who mm -hmm. are doing the business and I can, you know, connect with, yeah. you know, cause I, you know, I don't have a problem like calling like JR and Stratton and, mm -hmm. and Michael, right? Every now and then I'm like, hey, help me with this. Right. Uh, what's your struggle, biggest struggle right now? Biggest struggle right now is, um, one, I know one of the things that my struggle is, is I want to do too much, um, where it's like, uh, one, like your eyes are too big. <laughs> what's that? Like your eyes are too big or too many tasks, too many things I want to go tackle. Mm. And I have to limit down what I'm able to do. Cause I always think I can do it all mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, yeah, I can do that because you know, my profile is like, I'm just going to try and be an expert at everything. Yeah. Whereas like, yeah, I can, I could probably do that. But then you start to run out of time. Mm -hmm. And I think most people kind of know me that I don't really sleep a whole lot. Yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, I just, that for me, prioritizing what I really work on, mm -hmm. that's one thing I'm really working on. Uh, for instance, in the past, I used to use um, getting things done. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's Tim Allen, his, mm -hmm. his way of doing, or, what his name is but using that when i used to use that i was spot on my life was a lot more crystal clear on what i'm working on mm -hmm. but now it's kind of like almost i've got a little too much going on so that's my that's the thing if i had to do anything i'm working on that i love it that's uh you know i have a, I have a friend and we we're talking about some of the challenges she's having um and i was telling her like well, why don't you just start your own mortgage company you know and i'm glad she said no because I don't have time to help start a mortgage company. Oh yeah. But man, I would have loved to. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, I'm going to let you think about what you want to leave as a lasting message. Um, uh, while I make a couple of quick announcements. So guys, um, you know, Charles is putting on this event, right? Whole scaling live. I'll be speaking there along with some of the other guests we talked about earlier, Don Costa, Rafael Vargas, uh, Lee Kearney, um, just a lot of really big names, adding a lot of value. And like like we said, you know, there'll be no selling from the stage. And I think that's huge because we've all been to those events where that happens. So uh, go to wholescalinglive.com, put in R-E-D for 25% off. Uh, and I look forward to seeing you guys all there. In fact, let me know in the comments below if you guys are coming. Uh, I look forward to seeing you guys all there. And then I'll also be in Biloxi, Mississippi, October 5th through uh, 27th for Real Estate Roundup Live. If you guys want to check that out, go to bit.ly slash RER live. Uh, and then I'll be finishing the year in New Orleans, Louisiana with Chris Rude, December 6th through 8th. Uh, if you want to check that out, go to bit.ly slash 2019 skill. Um, so got busy schedule ahead of me. Um, so with that, last thoughts. All right. So um, first thing I, I do want to congratulate you, Steve. 
I oh, think thank you. last uh, I think it was last week you hit 10,000 subscribers on yeah. YouTube yeah. Uh, so uh, keep up the good work uh, for all the listeners out there I'd say you know if, if you find a podcast that resonates with you especially one of Steve's definitely uh, like it tag a friend who needs it comment uh, smash that share button uh, and smash that subscribe button as well because yeah. we want want him to continue bringing great folks on yeah. um, one thing I would leave people with is uh, I would probably say anything is possible um, right because I've done a lot of things in the past couple months that I would have never imagined to mm-hmm. doing like whole scaling uh, right I've always thought about it but never right you know, once you start going, then right, and once you start thinking in the mindset of going big, mm-hmm. then anything is possible, right? Yeah. And the key is hang out with the right people who will help push you along versus mm-hmm. versus uh, pull you down, right? Yeah. Just hang out with the right people, network with the right people. If you don't have the right people in place now, then maybe go outside of that circle and go find the right people. Let's upgrade a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Always improve. Uh, so how can someone get a hold of you? Um, probably the best way is probably Instagram mm-hmm. um, at Best Real Charles. Uh, and I do have to thank Steve, Pace, and Elizabeth for uh, for for making me actually make my first post on Instagram uh, yeah. in May. <laughs> was it, that was when that, that was your first post? I remember you were going through a struggle. Uh, you, that was your first post. That was my very first post. Well, there's I, been a lot more since. Yes, I, and I actually right. So I got to thank a couple of people as well. Uh, I think Edwin uh, from Dallas mm-hmm. at We Live is when I actually created my Instagram account. <laughs> I was sitting at you know at the bar and right like true friends who you met for the very first time because mm-hmm. I did meet them for the very first time. They wouldn't let me leave until I created an Instagram account because they knew they knew what I needed even though I didn't. Yeah. So Michael Ray is going to be uh, in Houston. Oh yeah. Uh, for whole scaling live and we're going to have to have an intervention. Oh yeah. He's not posting enough on Instagram. So okay, Michael, yeah, we'll talk. I I feel your struggle cuz yeah. you know, I I go through the same thing all the time. And we're going to fix that problem in Houston. So with that, thank you guys for watching. Appreciate it. Uh, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. <laughs>